This 710 podcast is brought to you by Francis Coppola's Diamond Collection Wines. Coppola's Diamond Collection offers the perfect wines to celebrate both big and small occasions this summer. Claret Cabernet Sauvignon is the perfect pairing with juicy burgers. And Diamond Sparkling Prosecco goes great with friends at your next garden party. Enjoy your summer with Diamond Collection Wines. Francis Ford Coppola Winery, Sonoma, California. Please drink responsibly. All right, so it's time for our snake draft of female artists, okay? It's in honor of Taylor Swift starting her era's tour dates here in L.A. I'm nervous. I'm nervous that my six picks days. don't get picked. Uh, six dates, seven days. Yep. Taylor Swift. Roseanne doing the national anthem. Alan, I, th- <laughs> I think you're safe for oh your first God. round pick. If she goes. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. She's a second rounder right now in our mock draft. <laughs> we should go mock draft. All right, Jorge, you're up first. You have yes. the very first pick in the draft. Don't do it. <laughs> okay, so I didn't get a good enough pitch. Nothing was offered that I really okay. liked. Best female so artist with the, first with the number one pick in the, the draft. Pick. Jorge Briones. Selects Taylor Swift. Taylor oh, Swift. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> love it. Well, Taylor at least she Swift went 1-1. Okay, guys. She went one overall. I love this antagonistic yeah, oh new gosh. relationship between the producer yes. and the board op. I love it. Anybody with Jorge, okay? Ooh, yeah. Back at yeah. my online. <laughs> Joking oh. around right I love it. Oh. It's fine. It's ca- I'm, okay, I'm can I, can I, because you know how the pick comes and then there's five minutes before the next pick. Now our analysis was not expecting him to go Taylor. I really, really thought he was going to say, let me leave this on the board. For Emily, for, right for those who aren't watching on YouTube, Emily looks totally fine. With she this. threw her headphones. <laughs> she, hey. she doesn't seem upset. At me, in the slightest. I, she missed me by this much. <laughs> She's vaping. <laughs> well, Jorge, uh, I'm that? glad you have taste. Taylor you Swift had a great gone. choice in your first overall pick. I hope th- I, I, because I know that people on Twitter are so rational about their opinions about Taylor Swift and yes. us talking about Taylor. You're handling Swift. as well, Emily. You know, it's yes. it's such a great uh, choice by you. Doing great. All right. Well, then I'm going to go with. <laughs> my first pick is going to be someone who um, is one of the best vocalists we've ever heard. Okay, She revolutionized how we sing the national anthem. Yep. She has songs that have had such staying power over decades. For those who are just tuning in, Taylor Swift <laughs> off the board. <laughs> She's she, gone. <laughs> she has redefined like what it is to be both a vocalist and a performer. Uh, Whitney Houston is my first pick. All right. Whitney All right. Houston off the Alan. board. Decent voice. Okay. Um, she might be just one of my favorite artists, period. Love her music for as long. She's probably easily been in the game for, let's say, 15 years or so. Alicia Keys, my number one pick. Oh, that was a surprise for that me. Was. Alicia Keys, number one. And there's also, a, I have a little strategy here of why mm. Alicia, number one. Alicia Keys off the board. All right, She's Andy. With my first pick... And I've got two coming up on this end of the snake draft. Yeah. Actually, you only have one. The way we do it, once a month. (laughs) The queen, some would say the goat, the revolutionary, one Aretha Franklin. Mm. Good pick. You cannot. Good. Can't beat that. You cannot beat Aretha Franklin, the original diva, the original queen of soul, pipes for days. And one Great you would pick. not want to mess with. Uh, the, my next pick, incredible performer, incredible icon. I'm not necessarily even a massive fan of her. She has a handful of songs I like, but okay. I don't think you can just overlook what she has meant to the culture and for female artists for going on about 40 years now. Yep. Madonna. Mm. Yes. Great, great pick. She has so many different... A la Taylor Swift, or not a la Taylor Swift, but okay, she talks yeah, about yeah. it. But she has so many eras. <laughs> she has so many ways in which she's reinvented yeah. herself. And Taylor uses her as um, an example of how women, and especially women in the music industry, have to constantly reinvent themselves yes. to stay at the top of their game. She's and she been does in- it all the time. Incredible at doing that. And I she- can say I got an oil change, and she'd find a way to tie in Taylor Swift. She'd yes, say, she well, will. Yeah, Taylor well, Swift once had an oil change. We are <laughs> talking about the female artists. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just kidding with you. Okay, so. Um, my number two pick is going to take me back into the hip hop world and it's by far one of the best performers, by far one of the best, um, one of my favorite albums of all time. 
Um, and Iggy still, Azalea. And still to this, and, <laughs> and still oh, yeah. to this day, if you still are, unfortunately, she doesn't put out as much music as she used to. Lauren Hill. Oh, great. my number two pick wow. in the draft, Lauren Hill. As good as it gets, I got some. Uh, I got some. At least DeAndre and Cody approve of the pick. Lauren Hill, number two. Okay, so I'm interested to see where I want to go here, because I have. A couple of different options. I have people from uh, my generation that I've grown up listening to for my whole life. I have my parents' generation. I have people that I've come to later in life. So, hmm, I think that I'm going to go with, hmm, someone else who's on tour this summer. Someone else who has done so much for culture, has gone through many eras herself in terms of reinventing her music, I know reinventing her picking. sound from being in a group to being a solo artist on her own. She's changed the hip-hop world. Beyonce. Oh, oh man, you took my pick. Oh, now yeah. Oh, now how does it feel to have your pick oh. taken? Beyonce, okay, off, your the turn. Oh, Beyonce off the board. Beyonce actually fallen that far. Maybe a little bit surprising right there, but uh, Beyonce's gone. What do you got over there? Carly Rae Jepsen's still available. All I right. mean, she is one of the best pop stars of a generation. My next pick. Pink is still on the board, too. Pink oh, is great. Hey. She is actually good. Pink is on my list. Mm -hmm. With my next pick, I got to get the Latina vote here. Okay. Oh. She transcends generations. None other than Selena. Yeah. There yeah. There you go. It's a great pick. Quintanilla. That's what I'm going with. Okay, that's your yeah. number two pick. My now two your pick. number three. My number three. I'm going to go for another steal here. Erica Badu. Ooh. Hey. Very yeah. nice pick. <laughs> yes, steal it from you, man. Very, very good go. pick. Let's Erica go. Badu, yeah. that's a great, great pick. Let's go with that. Okay. Hmm, my final pick in the draft. Do I go with an amazing lyricist? Do I go with... By the uh, way, this idea of yeah. best female artists... Yeah. This is great. There are so many left on the board that we are not going to no, get to, so... But this is a really, really good topic. Hmm, so... Hmm, I think that I'm going to go with someone who's an amazing performer. Not just like in the way that she sings, she's one of the most talented singers that we have, but the way in which she acts through everything. Her stages are amazing. Her uh, outfit choices are often amazing, and she means so much to um, so many different people in the um, LGBTQ community and everyone out there. Going. So. Lady Gaga is my third pick in the draft. Oh, nice. I've been a fan of her since Poker Face in 2008. So Lady Gaga is my last pick. I'm very proud, proud of Jorge taking Erica Badu. That's a great, great pick. Um, okay, this one I guess was a little bit more strategic. It's the first concert I ever went to in my life. Oh, yeah. Let's go, girls. All right. I was like 11, 12 years old. I got two older sisters. My Brittany. mom's my mom's like, you're going to this concert with your sisters. I'm like, this is so stupid. Why would I go to this concert? About three songs in, they're like, do you want to sit down, Al? Or, I mean, <laughs> relax. Shania Twain will grab my number three slot. I get a little country in there as well. Shania Twain, my number three. Also great. Boy, I got I to gotta say, as the last pick, I got a lot of great choices in oh, front yeah. of me. I mean, I could go, we had mentioned Pink before, it's just the performers. You could go with Joni Mitchell as a songbird. You've got some of the icons, Tina Turner, Donna Summer. Give a shout out to my daughter's favorite, Mitski, Japanese singer. That's an am she's amazing. She's awesome. Also, Mitski. is your daughter sad? <laughs> her music is so sad. She, Sorry. <laughs> her musical taste is actually pretty awesome. It's all That's over awesome. the place. It's fantastic. There's a lot of choices out there. But I am going to just try to put a hammer lock on this thing. Wow. Okay? So I'm going to go a little bit populist. Janet Jackson. Done. Okay. Okay. Done. Mm. Done. So we still have Dolly okay. Parton on the list. We still Celine have Adele. Dion. Celine, Celine Dion. Dion. Yep. We still have Kelly Clarkson. Queen Latifah. Stevie yep. Nicks. Adele. Stevie Nicks. Britney Spears. Carole King. <laughs> yep. Nina Simone. Katy Perry. Mary, Mary J. Blige, another great artist. So Tammy Terrell. Some, Tina Turner. Some, Donna Cruz. Summer. Come on, guys. We had a lot of good artists there. <laughs> this might have been my favorite one. This was done. good. This was all, really good. All, all the drafts and out there. And we're going to make a lot of people mad with the people that we've left off for sure. So but if we miss somebody, yeah. call in 877-710-3776. Tweet at us. Tell us who we missed. Come Make at your me. case for them. Hit us up. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. But that's a pretty strong list. And when when it comes out, because social will put it out. Um, you know, you could vote for who you thought was the uh, was your favorite uh, trio there. But 
write also in the comments who we did miss because, like you said, there's so many artists that we did not pick. We didn't even miss. We just didn't have enough time. No, we don't. We didn't have enough room. Yeah. Um, biggest surprise that didn't make the list? Biggest, like, is is there one that it's just Adele. should be on the Adele. list? Adele? I'd say Adele, Adele or Tina Turner. Mm-hmm. Maybe Dolly Parton. Is Celine Dion not as high on the list? I thought Celine Dion was just. She's a, been in Vegas for a long time. Forever. <laughs> she's felt very much in residency. Yes. Yeah. I think we got some good. I think ones either there. I think either Adele or Tina Turner. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, I I mentioned this and we started talking a little bit about D'Angelo Russell. We'll take some of your calls when we come back too. If you got a idea on the best female artist that we missed. Um, D'Lo spent some time talking about the different styles. I mean, what a what a freaking unique opportunity. You have a player in the league, in D'Angelo Russell, as a rookie, played with Kobe Bryant, and then eventually gets traded to the Lakers again. And here he is in the Western Conference Finals playing with LeBron James and, you know, is around for just two of the greats that have ever done it, and both with the Los Angeles Lakers. He started talking about the um, leadership style, the difference between the two. And I think it just proves and shows that ultimately at the end of the day, um, how you win, the path to get there is not all created equal. The path doesn't have to be the same. We'll spend some time on that coming up next. Stay right here. Travis and Sliwa Show, 710 ESPN. All right, Andy, you know what time it is. We're contractually obligated. It's the Waba Grill Lunch Hour on 710 ESPN. Thanks to our friends over at Waba Grill. You've got to try the Waba Grill's new Asian-inspired Boom Boom Taco Trios. With your choice of chicken, ribeye steak, or shrimp, visit your local Waba Grill location or order online for pickup by or delivery at wabagrill.com. Waba Grill, eat smart, be healthy. For the next 15 minutes, Andy will be spinning the Waba Grill Boom Boom Tacos. It's not, listen... He knows that when he signed up this week, he's contractually obligated, even though he didn't read the terms and conditions. Didn't know a thing. If you're re- if you're watching on YouTube, you probably don't see Andy. You just see the taco going upside down and then right side up. So, thank you, Andy, so much. He's gotten way better. Well, right, a lot better. Week. Well, a lot man, better. Yeah, by, by Friday, I'm going to be spinning the thing around on one finger. <laughs> this guy's just like this. Um, much better since Monday. Man. Put it back in the right spot, please. Yeah. That's yeah, gracias. <laughs> no, that's good. It's leaning. Okay, there it is. There it is. Uh, we got a lot of people that uh, are calling in right now that want to give their opinion on best female artists that we left off. Um, so there is, uh, there's a lot of. We only got to choose twelve artists. So naturally, if we're picking twelve artists, there's twenty five that we're gonna leave off. So let me get a couple people in here real quick. Rick and Simi Valley. Rick, uh, who did we leave off, or who would you have on your list that wasn't on ours? Oh, uh, thank you, guys. Absolutely. My my absolute favorite uh, female artist is uh, Sade. Um, just for all the all the reasons that you might think. Beautiful voice, uh, maybe the most attractive performer, and just absolutely love her music and her, her performance. Rick, during the break, AK and I were literally – that's the artist that I mentioned to AK. I'm like, okay – she didn't get on. She probably deserves to be on. Um, you're right. One of the best artists. I appreciate you calling in. Let's take another one here. Jack in Santa Barbara. Jack, what's going on? Thank you for calling in, brother. Jack. Hello. I've called before. I love your show. I was Travis's uh, old counselor at UCSD. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Um, and yeah. Travis needs a lot of counseling. So if you could. No, <laughs> he, just he, believe me, he did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What, what are the artists that we left out? Who, who do you have in mind? Okay, so I'm really old school. So I went with some old school people. Uh, Stevie Nicks, I just, I loved her with Fleetwood Mac. Also, I really enjoyed the performances of Tina Turner, just like AK mentioned. Great pick. She was uh, difficult to leave off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she she was amazing. And then really old school because she was iconic in her time, Cher. Beautiful. Yeah. You can't go wrong. She performed every role of West Side Story herself. You know, mm. what What more can you yeah. ask of a female artist? <laughs> so, thank you all. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you calling in. Let me let me squeeze in one more quick call. Oh, before, and, before that one. Go ahead. Uh, go Pepe ahead. Mantilla, the great Pepe Mantilla yep. weighing in on this. Amy Winehouse, we forgot. We forgot Pink. He says Shakira. Mm. Uh, Unfortunately, with Amy Winehouse, she didn't have a long enough career. And yeah. Dua Lipa, according to Pepe. I, I will, I will say. Dua Lipa's great. 
Amy Dude. Winehouse, you're right. She as, was. As far I mean, as she was career, fantastic. She was amazing. She amazing. was amazing. She was so good. She just mm-hmm. unfortunately her career was cut really, really short. All right, let me take one more quick call here, and then we can get into some of this uh, Delo stuff that I was talking about. Mark and Chino Hills, what's going on, Mark? Oh yeah, the the guy just called ahead stole my thunder with Stevie Nicks, but I'm also old school. Uh, Ann Wilson from Heart, an incredible voice and performer, and also my personal favorite of all time, Olivia Newton-John. Oh. Good picks. Talk about someone everyone loved. Like, everyone oh. loved Olivia Newton-John. Mark, thank you, brother. I think if we if we had 15 people drafting, we'd still have amazing female You can even separate it by that, decade. We can do, like, yeah. the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, the 2010s, and have totally yeah. different drafts. Well, I appreciate you guys uh, being a part of that. Uh, you could hit us up on Twitter if you have any more uh, thoughts on what artists that we left out. Celia um, Cruz, according to Beto. Who's that? Say it again. Celia Cruz. Yeah. yeah. It's another good one. There is. Um, it's hard with a three-round draft. Like to be fair to everybody involved. Okay, you took Taylor Swift because you took it for. I didn't get a good offer. Hey. Okay, but so let, <laughs> no, but I took it because it's what, popular. What is your? But what is what would be what it would have been your number one pick? Like, is she your number one pick? Your own personal preference. What's your favorite female artist? Taylor Swift. Let's go to D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> Or he's here to win, guys. <laughs> well, so is AK. AK was, you said your picks, a lot of it too. I mean, they're all great artists, but part of it was picked on popularity. Look, I was, I wouldn't say popularity as much as like legends. impact, legends, yeah. stuff like that. You know, I mean, I, I will admit, because I started liking how my draft was shaken out and looking at other people's, I'm like, I feel like I can quote unquote win this thing. Yeah. That being said, my first round pick of Aretha Franklin, I think that's the answer. Mm-hmm. Like I, I when you take into account talent, voice, staying power, impact, icon factor, like to me, she is the choice. Um, we uh we hit on this a little bit earlier on D'Lo on the Pat Bev podcast we mentioned on Barstool Sports. I want to play one clip here, D'Angelo Russell talking about this upcoming season with the Lakers, and just his thoughts on how he feels the Lakers are positioned for the upcoming year. We got a lot of bodies um, tonight to win. I think that's got to be our focus. And whatever or however it gets done, if everybody's locked into just giving the team what it needs that night, that night might be scoring. The next night might be eight assists. The next night might be all pass passes because they ran you off and you made the one more to Austin Reeves in the corner. And he's hitting it. Like, it's just, it's got to be, it's got to be right play, right mentality type of energy for our group because anybody can do it he could throw any five out there and get it done but if we're all committed to that i think sky's limited for for the group honestly I, I gotta imagine you know ak you know you and i've chatted a little bit about what we thought of the lakers offseason there was a lot of positivity towards looking at all the different teams over free agency and saying hey you know what i, I all the laker moves they feel like they make sense lakers had a good offseason the contracts that they signed for certain players i thought reeves was going to get a lot more four years 56 seems like a great deal delo yeah delo to me the two years 36 million dollars seems like there's great value in that deal so and then if you want to look a little deeper the gabe vince and all that stuff everything that they did i think a lot of people feel that way um Delo's role and what it's going to look like this upcoming year. I'm sure he's going to be competing like he was last year with Dennis Schroeder. Gabe Vincent's going to make a case that, hey, I should be in at the end of games. We'll let it all play out. But I thought something Delo said right there that the franchise, I feel like, is built around players that kind of understand their role on a team that has LeBron and Anthony Davis. I feel like it's a franchise. The role players understand that we are – we're the – we're the side of the meal. We're not the main dish. And the more I think players recognize that, the more players like D'Angelo Russell recognizes, sometimes it is my game. I should be in at the end. Sometimes it's not. Obviously only benefits, but D'Lo obviously feeling good about the moves. Yeah, I mean, he seems to feel good about his role. seems to feel good about his place with the organization. He spent a lot of time in in that uh, interview with Patrick Beverly talking about Austin Reeves. He kept calling him a killer. Just over and over, just really praising. About that story you told about guarding him. That was he. He T- told, tell the story because he told this heard. story about the first time he was up against Austin Reeves, and he really didn't know who he was. And his brother, I didn't, look, <laughs> I didn't know right. this. His, his brother's, brother's in courtside or something yeah. Like and his that, brother's yeah. his agent, and his brother mm-hmm. also helps him prep for a lot of stuff. And 
He's matched up against Reeves guarding him. Reeves pulls some move and by D'Lo's own admission absolutely puts him in a blender. <laughs> And, and he thinks he got fouled or whatever right. he did. Yeah. And D'Lo is coming back the other up the other end of the court, and his brother's looking at him like, "I told you, dude. I told you about this guy." Um, he he's he'd been really consistent about the idea of give us a whole training camp, give us the chance to build actual chemistry. We can do some damage. Like D'Lo has been really consistent with that. Um, leadership style, uh, how you win doesn't matter if you're the head of a sports organization. It doesn't matter if you're an athlete. It doesn't matter if you're a CEO of whatever company it is. I think it's safe to say, AK, there are different styles to success. And certain styles might be really, really tough and somebody in your face all the time. Somebody's style may be, let me make the room as loose as possible so nobody really feels the pressure. Other people, it's maybe it's the pressure that helps them get there. For others, the looser it is. Um, D'Angelo Russell is in an interesting position in his career. He's got a chance to watch Kobe, and he's got a chance to play with LeBron. You said you have a list of players that have played with both of them. I think I have the complete list. I'm not 100% sure, but I think I do. D'Lo breaks down what the difference was between playing with Kobe and playing with LeBron James and some of their leadership style. We'll do that coming up next. We'll get your list as well. Stay right here. Travis and Sliwa Show, 710 ESPN. A lot of Mariah Carey's in the in the chats. And she was really, really talented. I get it. She's also one of the top earning uh, female artists of all time, one of the top mm. streamed artists of all time. So she's definitely up there. But, you know, we all had our own choices. We all have our own personal preferences. And it just was not in my top three. I remember this from Rush Hour. Remember? Rush <laughs> Hour? Oh, yeah. 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 This is exactly what I think of. Adele also not on the list. There is somebody here at the station that thinks we're crazy and they'll come in. Well, okay. Am I nuts? There's a, there's a difference between. So what we have to do for the female artists, it's not just vocals. It's not just writing. It's not just performance. It's the what we thought the best of that whole combination was. So obviously, yes, there are more talented vocalists than some people that we have on our list, but it's female artists as an artist as a whole. Yeah, I mean, again, we had three rounds. <laughs> You're going to leave some people out. You can have that argument at one, at 12.55. Yeah, I mean, like, if people, if I would understand he's going to be coming hot. If we had, like, a 13-round draft and Mariah Carey got left, I'm like, okay, we Whoever something it was up. that <laughs> I met we'll at the water cooler <laughs> was hot. Am I nuts? <laughs> Next time we'll do a soccer starting 11, and everybody will be happy. <laughs> All right, uh, the Travis and Sleeva Show has teamed up, as you guys know, with Waba Grill to give away lunch for your office. Listen to all during the Waba Grill lunch hour on 710 for the cue to call, and you could be the Waba Grill workplace of the week. How cool is that? Your entire workplace gets Waba Grill. That's tomorrow on 710 ESPN. Thanks to Waba Grill. Waba Grill, eat smart, be healthy. Um, We're talking a little bit about leadership styles, right? That whatever it is that you do, and if you're in a position where um, you're the leader, you're the CEO of your company, or um, you're the head coach, or you're the the, the bas- head of basketball operations, or you're a player that is representing your team. Not everybody's style is the same. I want to read something here from D'Angelo Russell. I mentioned a couple times here. He was on a podcast yesterday on Barstool Sports with Patrick Beverly, and he says the difference between uh, playing with Braun and Kobe. The fact that he's got a chance to play with Braun and Kobe is great in itself, and I know you have a list here. We'll get into that in just a second. He'll just say, or he goes into, I'll just go from an, uh, from his perspective, and Kobe was on his way out, but LeBron is more involved with everybody and everything. On the bus, he's social. On the plane, he's social. He's just more sociable. When I was with Kobe, I sat next to him on the plane in one of the back seats. I sat next to him every time and just watched and studied him, and he never talked. He was really to himself, and at the time, he was writing the book and the movie Um, and directing and doing all that stuff, so he was locked in. But with Kobe, I've never seen anything like that. When he walked around, you know how everyone's talking and someone enters a room and everyone goes quiet. He had that about him wherever he went, and it it was almost weird for him, but he embraced it, and that's really the only difference. On the floor, he was on his way out, so he really didn't have that youthfulness to him where he was bouncy, just going to get it. Braun has a different motivation. He's still writing his story. I think that's important to point out. 
Kobe already decided he was retiring that year. The team also had a lot of guys that were on one-year deals. He went on to say, everybody always said, I was lucky I got Kobe on my way out versus when he was still through the grind because he was nasty and competitive. How you lead is completely different. And the reason why I, I'm a fan of this conversation because I always kind of – I looked at – one of my favorite – reasons for loving LeBron's game other than I don't really find a way that you can't love LeBron's game it reminded me a lot of magic I'm not telling you they're they're apples to apples but leadership wise he's got the big smile um he's coming in uh, uh comes into the league and all eyes are on magic all eyes are on LeBron how they play the game there's some similarities of wanting to be a pass first player Kobe always reminded me of Jordan where and and stylistically but I think leadership wise both of those guys led in such different ways it's unique to see that however you get your success look how different these guys are and D'Lo got both of them yeah I mean it's interesting too because I covered the second half of Kobe's career and I was around him a lot he was tough to play with by his own admission he was not for everybody by his own admission he could be brutal with teammates sometimes even mean but I also think Kobe, over the course of his second half of his career, when he was clearly the franchise face and the unquestioned top dog, he evolved as a leader. And I think he started making more of an effort to really understand his teammates as people uh, and like recognizing the importance of it. Can you give me an idea at what stage do you think? You're talking pre-Pow or once Pow? I actually think, I mean, definitely once Pow was there, I actually think it started to happen around the season that they got Powell, but before he arrived, in part because Kobe entered that season having demanded a trade. Yep. He had alienated a lot of Laker fans. Like, sure. I remember I was at the the season opener, the home opener. Kobe got booed during the introductions, which is incredibly rare mm -hmm. for Kobe. And, you know, Kobe being Kobe, he won him over by the end of the game because that's what Kobe always did. But, you know, he, I think in certain ways he kind of had to make that effort because he had already kind of pitted himself against the team, you know, by basically saying y'all ain't good enough. And they essentially brought back the same team that he didn't think was good enough other than Fisher for Smush Parker. You know, it turned out Andrew Bynum was much better than anybody, including Kobe had expected. Yep. Other guys like Jordan Farmar, you know, Roni Turioff, they started having growth in their own games. They became a better group. Lamar Odom was much better suited to be a number three than a number two. But I think he started making, you know, strides that way. And then the flip side, as much as LeBron can be, can I before you flip, I'm gonna stay with Kobe for a quick second. If the goal is winning, and that's all that matters to Kobe, mm -hmm. just like you adjust your game on the floor, you have to adjust your game off the floor as well. The way Kobe won with Shaq was different than how Kobe was going to win without Shaq. The way Kobe led or didn't have to lead or whatever his personality and his style was under that Shaq regime had to change once he reached a point where it's like, this ain't apples to apples. If I'm the same person, unless I change, I don't know if we're going to win. And I'm talking about from a leadership perspective, the way you're saying that he, he kind of started changing. Well, he started adapting. Why? He adapted because what was Kobe's number one goal? I want to win. Right. Why did Kobe want to leave the Lakers for a brief moment? He didn't think he could win here, right? Like there, there was, there was, or you got to make a decision between Shaq and me, whatever the case is. I think that that to me, I find fascinating because if all I want to, if I'm here just to win, do I have to change my personality, my leadership, my, my relationships with other players, and that's going to help me win? Cool. Then I'm going to change it. Yeah. I look again, Kobe was a demanding leader. I mean, he even, even with some of these nuances that I think he brought to leadership and, you know, personalizing it a little more to different guys and recognizing the importance of, again, understanding these guys as humans, he was absolutely brutal at times. Again, by his own admission, he was not for everybody. But LeBron, though, who I think is much more one of the guys, he's more yeah. personable. Yeah. LeBron also, though, says all the time he is comfortable with being uncomfortable. He's also comfortable making everybody else uncomfortable mm. his first season with the Lakers he was openly wanting all of his teammates to be traded for Anthony Davis 
You think that made Brandon Ingram feel good? Mm-hmm. Alonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Kuzma, who could have been in one of those deals? Like Rajon Rondo talked about how that trade deadline was difficult for the team. Rondo was a veteran. He'd been through just about everything at that point. You know, LeBron can do, as I like to call it, the passive-aggressive thing. You know, there, there are times when LeBron, as personable as he is, I think he is really personal, and I think he's very communal as yeah. a leader. Yeah. He's not above making guys feel uncomfortable either. Remember the the fit in or fit out thing with Kevin Love? Yeah. Yep. That made Kevin but, Love but, uncomfortable. But, but doesn't that doesn't that also go back to ultimately the foundation of it is I'm trying to win. Yeah. And, and if this is what I have to do Absolutely. to win, then this is what I'm going to do to win. And as much differences as you might have in two different type of players and leaders, the common thread is I'm just trying to win. And if I have to act this way in order to win, or I have to take this type of um, I have to take this type of initiative, I will do that if it ultimately leads to my chances increasing of winning. Look, leadership is not easy. Leadership isn't fun. Leadership's not for everyone. Like there, you know, Kevin Durant has basically said in so many words, I'm not really built to lead that way. Like, he's very much a lead by, I guess, example and professionalism. Yeah, and yeah. just he so- just wants to come, and, and you're right. Watch me do what I do. Hopefully you can right. also kind of follow and, the lead. Yeah, and I, look, he also leads by being really damn good. Yeah. And I think he's very professional. But, he, I, but he's not a leader that way. I mean, just the reason that I knew, I, I knew from the beginning yeah. that the Kyrie, KD, Harden thing would never work. There wasn't a leader. On not that. a leader among the three of them. You know, it's funny. I, I feel like KD cuts himself short when he says that. I thought in OKC he was a leader. I thought he was. Well, he may until, have been. Until he decided to leave, I, I thought, I mean, KD was, you felt like, hey, that's the head of the snake. That is the leader. You watched him with his relationship with the players. You felt like, you know, his own teammates, you felt like he was. and well, if, uh, But it also felt low, like that environment was very comfortable to lead in because they were always surpassing expectations. Like everything they did was gravy. Like they were ahead of the curve. I remember in 2010 when the Lakers played them in, I believe it was the is opening round. Gasol tipping? Uh, yeah, that same that series. The, yep. I remember after the Lakers beat him in six. That series was a problem. Yes, it was. Gasol doesn't get that tip in. I remember Kobe saying after that series, man, it is good we beat these guys now because I'm telling you, you ain't going to be beating them easy anytime mm-hmm. soon moving forward. Who were, um, who were the other players the okay. list that you have? I believe this is the list okay. of guys who played with both Kobe and LeBron. Mm-hmm. D'Angelo Russell, as we discussed. Yep. Larry Nance Jr., Jordan Clarkson. Roni Turioff, Shannon Brown, Ira Newble, Chris Mim, Dwight Howard, Carlos Boozer, Shaq, Joe Smith, Antoine Jameson, Jason Capono, Kent Bazemore, Trevor Ariza, and then the three most kind of random, Kobe Carl, Trey Johnson, who only played 23 total games in the NBA, but somehow managed to be with both oh Kobe I mean, with Kobe and LeBron, and then Jelani McCoy. Wow. I That's actually a longer list than I than I thought. But, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, obviously, I Kobe's think in the league is, 20 years, Bron as long as he's been in the league. I think it's the – and there was, there was some considerable overlap between the two. I think that's the that's list. Interesting. That's interesting. And, and what makes, I think, D'Lo's a little bit more unique – D'Lo, his final or his rookie year playing with Kobe's final year, yeah. and then also making a real run with LeBron to the Western Conference Finals. So. Could be LeBron's final year. Yeah, this year. Yeah, you never know. Um, yeah, he's got that player option next year. All right, we got the dump coming up next. Stay right here, Travis and Sleeve Show, seven ten ESPN. All right, we were looking at the Mets are being compared to some of the most underachieving super teams. Okay. And you go back, there's a list of teams out there that you thought you just kind of assumed right out the gate, yeah, they're gonna be fine. Actually, does this does this fall on the list when LeBron, Chris Bosch, and Dwayne Wade got together in the first year? And that's the year Mavs beat them. Mavs beat them in the first mm-hmm. year, right? But I guess you can't say can you say they underachieved when they ultimately stayed together for four years and won two NBA championships and got to four NBA finals. <laughs> it's just that first year you were like, what? 
Well, they're losing to the Dallas Mavericks. It's part of that because that team was the rare one superstar team, like true superstar, because Jason Kidd was past his prime. Sean Marion was past his sure. prime. Who's there? Tyson Chandler on right. that team. You know, yep. it was a defensive player of the year caliber player, but he wasn't yeah. thought of as a superstar. Mm-hmm. And there had also been so much hype mm-hmm. with that team. They perpetuated their own hype. Like, not just LeBron with the decision, but remember, like, that big, like, monster truck pole rally style thing they did in the arena? Not one, not, not two, exactly. not three. They yeah. put so much hype on themselves. Mm-hmm. They could have won four straight, and it somehow would have felt like they didn't meet expectations. Okay, let's let's go to some of these underachieving super teams, all right? Uh, and again, this is Mets being compared to some of these other underachievers. The difference, by the way, with the Mets is they didn't even get to the playoffs. They decided at the trade deadline, it's over. So at least some of these other teams, like I'm going to mention, Lakers 03-04. When Carmelone and Gary Payton came to the Lakers, AK, I- I'm sure it was everybody was just saying, okay, well, when's the parade? Might as well just line up when the parade's going to be. They didn't just lose to the Pistons. They got dominated by the Pistons and were lucky to win one game against the Pistons. That, to me, is – that's a super team that underachieved, of course, but they got to the NBA Finals. The Mets didn't even – we're done talking about the Mets, and it's August 3rd or whatever it is. Okay, really quick. Yeah. There is so much, I think, revisionist history regarding the Lakers in that 2004 Finals. I know they were heavily favored, but – both Carl Malone and Horace Grant. Yep. Horace Grant wasn't available at all. Carl Malone, Carl Malone was a shell was basically, of himself. This is he had the knee issue, right? right? That yeah. was a big thing. But also, too, that Pistons team is talked about like this little engine that could that somehow made it happen. Ben Wallace is one of the greatest defensive players ever. Hall of Famer. Chauncey yeah. Billups, I believe, is a Hall of Famer. You had Finals Rip MVP. Yeah, you had Rip Hamilton, who was a multiple time All Star. Rasheed Wallace, multiple time All Star. Like they were so. Everyone talks about them like they were this starless organization. No, they weren't. What they weren't is you had the names on the other side. Right. I mean, look, you had Kobe and Shaq in there. We've done it. We've won together the experience that they had, and then you were adding these other names. You still had Derek Fisher. You still had Rick Fox. You still had all these guys. I get what you're saying, but I also see it from the other perspective of – I know what you're saying. What you're trying to say is that let's stop pretending like they didn't have any talent. If you want to say that you still think even without Horace Grant, even without uh, Carl Malone, even with Rick Fox hobbled during that period, if you still think Kobe and Shaq should have been enough, yeah, fine. Like, okay, fine. But that Pistons team was hardly some JV squad that somehow made it happen. They were really good. They went back to the finals the next year. Yeah. Was that the Spurs and yeah. the Pistons? That, I think, was the highest-rated NBA Finals ever had, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Just the defensive. 84-88. Um, uh, the other only other team that just comes to mind, 2007 Patriots. They go 18-0. Mm-hmm. Face the Giants in the Super Bowl. Obviously, we all know what happened there. But there's another one that uh, just one of the most underachieving, you could call it, super teams. Um, you sent us a clip yesterday that NFL is considering adopting the XFL kickoff rules. Okay, Do you want to explain a little bit what those rules are? And you sent the actual clip of it and um, just explain what the kickoff rules Basically, are. Basically, in a nutshell, the kickoff returner would be in like a a zone of the field that i think has been determined as like the return zone something like that okay and the the kickoff team will begin much closer to that returner and the i don't have as much steam yeah you don't have as much steam for the defenders speed yep but also too you're increasing the odds of actual returns without as many violent hits which is part of what's cutting down on kickoff returns but also too you're going to have fewer touchbacks, which is also what is cutting down on kickoff returns. The goal is to get more of them. I think it's a great idea. I think it could be really good. When you used to watch the NFL 20 years ago, all right, I'm going to take back when I was in like high school and college, and, and a lot of the networks um, promoted this as well. You would watch NFL highlights, and it was Troy Paul Malu coming out of nowhere and laying out a guy. You and got was, jacked up. It was Ray Lewis getting decleated, right? And that was that was part of the NFL, and that's how they marketed the NFL. Mm-hmm. I will say today the game, the way the game is played, 
if you thought back in the day, hey, you start taking away those hits, people aren't going to watch. Hey, you start I, – I couldn't be happier where the NFL is. The only thing I don't like, and I think a lot of people agree this, the way they protect the quarterback, protect him. But let's let, you know be a little bit more conscious of – is that really an unsportsmanlike conduct? Is it not? That that's the only one that you know I hesitate for. I've got one more. Um, and before you say that one, would you agree that today's NFL and even if they applied something like this, adopting the SF, XFL kickoff rules, it's not going to stir people away from not watching the game of the NFL. And I I think those who were maybe into those hits before, or maybe thought oh my gosh, this is what the NFL is all about. I don't think it's drawing people away. The league is plenty violent enough. NFL football remains pretty violent. I feel like if it's not violent enough for you, you might be something of a psychopath. You were talking about the quarterback protection rules, which I agree can go too far. In Not even because they're trying too hard to protect the quarterback. I think sometimes they're doing it in ways that penalize the defender for something they really have no control over. Basically, not being able to stop full speed momentum for what can be like centimeters of hittable space or non-hittable space, I think the same thing happens often with the targeting rules and like le- you know the illegal hits. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think like the defenders are put in a position mm-hmm. where they have too narrow of a space where they can hit. Like at some point, you have to accept the fact you want to make it safer. You can't make the game safe. It's impossible to make to this it. game. By safe. the way, do. You- you watching that all quarterbacks on no. Netflix? Okay, so watching that, and this is as clean as the game can be right now. These guys are still getting hit like crazy, and they're showing, um, they're showing you know the replays and this. That's in today's game where you're saying I think that's actually the best way you can put it. You could try to make the game safer; it will never be safe. Right. That's a that's a perfect description. It's impossible of the NFL. to make safe, but you also want to make sure it's fair for defenders because mm-hmm. I think defenders are often put in a position where they can't really do their job. Emily, can you explain this Cleveland Browns story about uh, United Airlines plane or something along those lines? What's right. going on? So there? apparently, a United Airlines plane that was that was flying a uh, the Cleveland Browns had been de- got delayed. The next place I went to by 40 minutes because of the extreme amount of cleaning they had to do. Apparently, the plane was trashed. There was trash everywhere. People found out that oh, it was delayed because it was uh, doing a professional sports team. People found out that it was the Cleveland Browns because of some of the signage that was on some of the trash that was left. Overall, it was kind of an investigative piece to get to the point that it was the Browns that trashed this plane, kind of did whatever they wanted to 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 it, which is kind of, I don't know, you know, it's not a great look. To be the people okay. that trash a plane. I, I'm not saying that you have to do this. Nobody has to do it. I personally do it. I went to the movie theater yesterday. We ordered some popcorn. We ordered this. We ordered that. When I leave the movie theater, my trash is coming with me. Okay? And I'm not... Listen, I get it. A lot of people don't... If I go to a, if I go to a baseball game and I ate whatever I ate or I drank a beer or something like that... You should that, throw your own trash away. That's Let's going, just say that. That's going with me to I'm going to take that trash. And those aren't places where you have to do it. You don't. There's a lot of people. You go look around. I mean, there's you go to a movie theater. There's trash everywhere. There's, there's, there's this and that. Um, on a plane, too, it's the same exact thing. You pick up at situations like that, or are you like, no, I'm not supposed to pick up? Well, the plane, the plane I don't think, is a really great example. Because, because usually, they're coming. Yeah, yeah they're coming. They're, yeah, that's I right. mean, but I, but I tell them, or I give them the trash. I don't, like, leave it for them. You know, when they come by, I cooperate to help them do their job. The people I feel the worst for all okay. the time. It's got to be sporting events. Sporting? No. The championship games, when they drop all the confetti, that's the worst job in the world. The person who has to clean up all the confetti, I, that's awful because it's everywhere. Well, how about – I mean, And it's La- getting blown all over the place. <laughs> it's everywhere. Laker games, you got the streamers, right? Streamers after Yeah, but at least game. like you can pick up a streamer. Like, yeah. They're easy to pick up. The confetti is a little different. It's – Everywhere. Well, you have kind of like a blower on the backpack and stuff, so they can get it to yeah, some it's place. A vacuum kind of thing. They're not bending over and picking up every single yeah, individual but, piece. Yeah, but when you blow that. it around, though, you're going to have a piece of duct tape. You're going to spread gotta, more vacuum, confetti everywhere. Yeah, it's a vacuum. It's impossible to get all the <laughs> oh, confetti man. up. The only, the only good news is is that it's the last game, so they have plenty <laughs> of time to clean up whatever they got to clean up. All right, let's do some uh, super crosstalk. Woo, 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 woo. Mason and 
Mason and Ireland in the house. Outrage. This, outrage. This is an outrage. It doesn't wait. happen. It doesn't happen too often where I just go to get some water in the kitchen. And yep. by the time I leave, John's like, you're an idiot. And everybody yep. else on your show is an idiot. Is an idiot. Am right. I nuts? Yeah. No, you guys are nuts. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. So I didn't hear this segment. I don't know who you all took. But there were 12 people taken. Yeah, so we did our draft, and the draft is okay. best female artist because mm-hmm. Taylor hey, I Swift I can do the whole list. Do you right. want to hear the whole Rattle list? Rattle them real quick. All right. Uh, Taylor Swift, Whitney Houston, Alicia Keys, Aretha Franklin, Selena, Beyonce, Lauren Hill, Madonna, Erica Badu, Lady Gaga, Shania Twain, Janet Jackson. That's okay. a good list. It's a good list. It's a great list. But I'm not well, kidding. wait a minute. I'm not kidding. Adele would be number three overall on my list, and you guys don't have her in the Wait top minute, you don't 12. have Adele in the top 12? Adele on our mock draft was 17. I can explain my reason. Okay. What? I like I'm not Adele. Explaining anything. I like Adele. Yeah. She hasn't been doing it long enough. For me, talking about. She's got like five albums. Her first album was when she was 19. She's like 35. She hasn't been doing it long enough. about Taylor Swift? She's older than Taylor Swift, I think. I didn't take Taylor, Taylor Swift. Has way more oh, albums. Taylor, Taylor Swift has been doing this. Taylor Swift's been doing this longer. No, in my, age, but in my, in my head, and I haven't really thought this out, but in my head, it's now you guys took took people who are no longer alive too, yeah. right? Yeah. So that complicates it a little. But in my head, right now, the three biggest women in the world, and everybody else is fourth, are Beyonce, Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift, and Adele. That's it. Again, I can speak just for me okay. compared to some of these other people who got taken, certainly compared to who I took. Who did you take? What's your list? Aretha Franklin, Madonna, Janet Jackson. No, that's, that's, a, pretty, that's, a, that's a pretty good list. Well, that's a but, great list, But though. part of where I was going is staying power and yeah. judging influence, things like that. I love Adele. It's not. A, I'm not knocking Adele. But what do you have against right. Adele? But there's no one on your Nobody list l- under the age of 50. I mean, uh, they, I mean okay. but, uh, but greatest. Uh, so if you're gonna, if you're Andy, if you're gonna do, go that way, how is Ella Fitzgerald on nobody's list? I mean, um, she was because we only had like twelve. Because Michael's not here, <laughs> right? Well, he'll be here. He'll be here shortly. Yeah, he'll okay. put Etta Ella James. Fitzgerald. Etta James. Etta James is great. But this is also at least my list. Well, who's is, on your? Who did you take? It's just specific to me. All right, who'd you take? Yeah. Alicia Keys is one of my favorite. Okay, artists. I love right. Alicia Keys. Lauren Hill is one of the best hip hop artists, and and I, I love what she's done for now twenty five years. Okay, and the last one because it's the first concert I've ever been to was Shania Twain. Okay. Now, I'm not saying Shania Twain's now, better I've, than the artists. I like all three of I've I like all three of those people, mm-hmm. and I think the Miseducation of Lauren Hill is one of the top ten it albums is. of all time. Yes. Having said that, mm-hmm. Adele buries her body of work. How much it costs to get a ticket? So you might be right. Touring, but, but I'm not an Adele guy, so I had to take who was my the artist yeah, that okay, I was so, I mean, to. so it is Adele, also Adele has had a professional career for all intents and purposes of about 15 years. That's not very long. Right. What do you have against Adele? I like well, I Adele. Don't get it. What I do you have against it. Rich Paul? Yeah. What? <laughs> why do you not like Rich? And clutch Adele? has too much influence <laughs> over the Lakers. This is a clutch and thing, I'm taking it? it out on everyone. This is a clutch thing. Listen today on Locked On Lakers. They just brought in Cam Reddish. That's a bridge too far <laughs> for Adele. I'm sorry. I got to take a stand. Yeah, damn it. We got yeah. to the bottom. By of the way, it. my number one isn't even in your top twelve. Who's Pink? I love Pink. I'm, Pink I've was a tough her, one to leave I've off. I've seen her five times. I'm seeing her again at uh, SoFi in a couple of weeks. Uh, I love She's a hell Pink. of a performer. So, so if you show. have your top three, who are your top three? Uh, Adele. Uh, Pink. Pink. And Whitney. No Beyonce. Wow. I What's, took Beyonce. It's tough. I'm going Whitney. Nobody took Britney? I, I took Whitney. No, no, no one, one took Britney. Britney. We're going to go see uh, Rihanna. Or not Rihanna. Uh, Beyonce. Anyone take Rihanna? No, no, Rihanna's got more number one hits than any artist, any female artist in history. Uh, I would say I, we're getting ready. I think we're going to get tickets and go see uh, Beyonce at SoFi in a couple of weeks. Mm. She's there, although it's a busy weekend, like September the 1st. Isn't there a bunch of stuff going on right then? Well, it's the start of the NFL season. Start of the NFL. Um, don't we have our golf tournament that weekend? I think September 8th is September golf. 8th is golf. Yeah. Oh, right. It's always tied to the uh, start of the season. And Taylor Swift will be doing her 33rd straight show. Yes, at SoFi. I just read, Funch just sent me a story. There is as much police presence at Taylor Swift concerts at these this week as there were for the Super Bowl. 
There's well, there's much, about the same amount of people. Yeah, there's as much police presence for Taylor Swift as there was for the biggest game. In Although the world. I haven't heard of a lot of fights breaking out at Taylor Swift no! concerts. Like, <laughs> yeah. A lot of fights break out at like Ram Niner games, but mm-hmm. I don't hear a lot breaking out at. Uh, at that. What percentage do you think we're going to get Emily tomorrow? It's the eve of. The Taylor Swift. So Saturday's oh, the just, concert. Just give her the day off. What percentage? I mean, it, we get it. I, I think the, <laughs> I'm sick. We get a, it. A good 60 percent will be a doubt. 60's good. Yeah, yeah, well, that's good. By the way, I went to the LA Times today. So LATimes.com, and they've got little tabs at, at the top, and it's like news, sports, politics, entertainment. Taylor Swift. Oh she God. has her own section at LA Times. It's like the new Barbie, like how Barbie had her own Google. Yeah, yeah. This is the new thing with Taylor it's a Swift. New thing, exactly. She was talking about. You said how long were people waiting for merchandise? Five and a half hours mm, in line just, to buy, just to buy merchandise that sucks. Now, M, do you have your uh, earplugs? I I was told, and all the message boards say bring earplugs because it is yeah. the loudest show. Yeah, I'm. I I have earplugs to bring. I usually bring them to most concerts. I want to protect my ears at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going Monday. You're going. When's Momo going? Tomorrow night. Yeah, tomorrow. So everybody will have her. She's going first. Ramona's going first. Then then Emily, then you. Okay. And then Emily, you're going again at the end, right? Yeah, on Wednesday. Wednesday. Um, Boy, you are a total Swifty. (laughs) Well, nobody's more Swifty. Okay, so did you guys hear? Did you guys hear when you were driving home yesterday when we brought Emily on the show? No. No. All right, so here's why we brought her on there is a story. Let's say you pay top dollar to go see Taylor Swift, Mm -hmm. okay? And you know that she plays 44 songs. You don't know necessarily the order because she mixes it up sometimes. And obviously, as I've said many, many times on this radio station, SoFi is overrated. (laughs) The lines are too long. The food sucks. Yeah. And they didn't invest enough. Oh, yeah, no. (laughs) Sorry, it was only $5 billion. They cut corners. But here's the story we asked Emily about. Apparently, there are people that are wearing adult diapers to the taylor swift shows because they don't want to miss anything Mm -hmm. they don't want to get up to go to the bathroom and get stuck in a line they don't want to get stuck in uh concessions they just want to see the whole show that's why i'm waiting to see taylor swift at bombers arena there's no bathroom right and out uh but so (laughs) that's why you built it that way andy you first if you invested top dollar Anything wrong with now? This is something they do. Indy car drivers do this. They, uh, st- uh, NASCAR drivers Super do it. Super old people yeah. do this. Astronauts mm-hmm. do it. Paul Pierce should have done this. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, so it's not <laughs> unique to Taylor Swift fans. Would you? Let's say you paid, you know, two twenty five hundred dollars, yeah. and you got a great seat, and she's putting on a great show, but you really got to go. Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> That's Wendy Williams. That was that was me. Uh, I gotta own that. Andy, okay. You don't obviously need to tell anyone. Okay to sport an adult diaper. It's okay, but man, it's a good thing SoFi is like outdoors yeah. for all intents and purposes to help that smell. Because yeah. enough people peeing at once, yeah, yeah you're going to smell that. Sure. I, I well, think it is a rare person that is going to wear adult diapers. I don't think this is going to be a common thing at the I I, I, would I guarantee be, you that there's 75,000 people, at least one of them's diapering oh, up. Oh, somebody is. Somebody yeah. is. No question about it. And by, I, by the way, I think, you know, we were talking about RunP yesterday, this yeah. uh, this uh, app that tells you Created where Created by Carson Palmer and his brother Jordan. Tells you why where the oh. uh, slow part in the movie is so you can go to the can mm. and not miss anything. It's a very useful feature. I think that should exist for the Taylor Swift concert. And let me help you when she sings that long ass song no. about Jake Gyllenhaal and leaving her sweater then at his go. house. Scarf. That's hit the can. That's hit the can time as soon as she starts singing about Jake Gyllenhaal. No, it's her best lyrical uh, song in her entire oh, discography. Come like on, Mace. Grateful bit. Emily, who is she dating now? Uh, she's single. Yeah. She's not she broke anymore. up with that Joe Alwyn she, uh, guy. She broke up with Joe Alwyn, right. who she was dating for six Travis years, Kelsey then dated Maddie Healy, and now she's single. Well, I, that's where I was going with this. Who would be a good match? If we were setting up Taylor Swift, yeah. who has enough, and you'd need, you know, obviously you need your own career. Austin Reeves. Harry Styles. She's uh, dated Harry Styles. Reeves doesn't oh, have enough. Oh, she dated Harry Styles? Back wow. in 1989. That was Come a power on. couple. Um she dated Tom Hiddleston for a while. Yes. Getaway car. That's a good answer. Is that song about him? Yes. What what's the gist of it? 
Uh, um, so Getaway Car is so Taylor Swift dated um, uh, Calvin Harris, and at the Met Gala in twenty sixteen, Calvin Harris is a DJ, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. In uh, Met Gala in twenty sixteen, she goes. She's the outset with Cal- Calvin Harris. They're kind of probably going to end their relationship. She meets Tom Hiddleston. She also meets Joe Alwyn, but she leaves the Met Gala with Tom Hiddleston in a car. And that's what Getaway Car's about. And then they broke up, and she wrote an album about how much Tom Hiddleston. No, she actually only wrote like two songs about Tom Hiddleston. Then she she wrote one about John Mayer. Yes, poor John Mayer's getting cracked. Oh, poor John Mayer. Well, John Mayer has 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 run through a list of famous women that is super. Yeah, I would not really uh, recommend John Mayer to any woman that I've ever met. John, to go back to your original question. Yeah, there is no event. There's no movie. There's no concert. There's no sporting event where you need to put on adult diaper to enjoy the three and a half hour show and not take a second to go use the rest. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of like James Cameron when Avatar 3 or I, I forget what it was. I Avatar saw, 2. I saw out. Oppenheimer last night. Oh, okay. Okay, that's three plus okay. hours. I go to the restroom. Yeah, you just go to the restroom. <laughs> by the, the way, it's the same with uh, Jim Jim Cameron said, yeah, I mean, I made a three and a half hour movie. Go to the can when you need to. Well, it's I will, okay. say, I will okay. say this, Lee. You've worked a lot of NBA games. Uh, I'm not there yet, but there are many, many NBA announcers in their 80s. Oh, man. Who wear adult diapers? I'm just saying, if the games go triple overtime, and and like where we sit, you know this, Lee, where we sit at Staples or Crypto.com. You've got easy access to a bathroom, right? Just right up behind you. But it's public. So if you get up, like let's say you want to go at halftime. Yeah. Like Slee knows this. Michael and I are in it like – as soon as the half ends, I throw it to Slee as quickly as humanly possible. You're standing with right. like three seconds left because that's your only window to go. It's my only shot. Or you could go to the Chick Hearn press room where for some reason. And there's Andy, a stall you know and this, a can. Right. There's, that's it. There are two. There's that's one it. stall and one urinal. Yep. That's it. Yep. And the line wraps all the way outside the building. And so you got to go and you got to go fast. That's why, by the way, Steve Ballmer made a point of, of <laughs> oh, saying yeah. something no, about totally the is. toilets. Yeah. Because crypto doesn't have enough toilets. Yeah. You I have mean, every... we, jo- we joke about it, but it's actually a good thing. I mean, you, have, you have every beat writer using that toilet. Yeah. You have every, every media no, and person. Then, and then you have, and then like, you have the Kanye coming in or yeah. something. Right. And it, but what, you know it's even worse at the Clipper games. They used to be, Andy. You remember this club Sterling? Mm-hmm. So the the media was not the only people in the press room. Donald Sterling would credential anybody who he knew. Jeez. So there was every man. Penny Marshall was child. a regular. Yeah. Yeah. She it, was a regular. The uh, I went to a Mariah Carey concert once, sitting behind Penny Marshall. I swear to God. Hey. <laughs> I, I, she, God bless her. I love Penny Marshall. Uh, made great movies, all that stuff. Did nothing but eat nachos during the entire concert. God bless she her. She ate one thing of nachos, then she went back and she got another thing of nachos. I'm like, good for you, Penny. I love nachos. Were they, they were one of the original power couples. Penny Marshall and Rob Reiner. Oh, yeah. Were married for sure. a long time. Sure. Laverne and Meathead. Yes. Yep. Do you guys ever ghost anybody? Somebody texts you. Is there any... We were talking about this a little bit earlier. Well, Mason never returns texts. I'm not big on returning texts. You initiate some texts. I mean, I on do. the show, we're on doing On the show, stuff. I'll text you, you about... Guys, you initiate. Yeah, I'll initiate with you guys. So you're not good at returning and I'm texts? And I'm good at initiating with the afternoon guys, too. I'll text them while I'm... Uh, okay, while I'm, if somebody doesn't text you back... Yeah. Do you take it personal? Uh, you know, it's funny. Chris Morales is... Uh, he's left that thing on that says red you know where it says delivered and then the message is red yeah if i don't get immediate response from somebody who i know read the message then i get pissed off Mm. does that make sense yeah. John, you, what do you? Well, what do you? There's no Nobody is as bad at returning texts as you. No, I'm not. But yeah. it's not ghosting. Ghosting is an active thing. Like right. I, ghost is choose, choosing not. You to. guys text me at nine o'clock at night. I'm not on the texter at nine o'clock at night. <laughs> I'm, I'm done with the texter. I put the texter away for the day. But uh, so I'm not a big returner of texts late at night. You guys are always texting during stuff. I'm like, no, I'm stoned and I'm watching a game. Leave me the. F- 
<laughs> yeah, it's Hello? not. It's not <laughs> ghosting you're in the hot tub. Yeah, it's yeah. not ghosting if you're too high to return the text. Correct. That's not ghosting. No, ghosting is deliberately avoiding somebody. Like yes. for example, you've been dating somebody, um, and they send you a text, and you're like, "I'm done with you. I'm just not going to return mm-hmm. the text." And it's awful. It goes away. So yeah, what? It's what I what I do is if I text some person or a group of people, and they don't respond to the text, then they're just out. Like I don't, I don't bother. Like I, like, they're oh, out. You, meaning I, I just, I, you I won't will, text them. I, I'm not yeah. texting like, hey, respond to this or anything. I'm just like, okay, they don't care enough to respond. Um, I had one the other day. I sent to Mason and Bergman. Okay, I sent you guys a text uh, when when it came out that Pat McAfee was not going to do radio. Right, mm-hmm. and I said, hey, McAfee's not doing radio. What's that mean for us? No response from either one of them. <laughs> Gave up on them. Got my answer somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. So, well, here's the. I got no idea, so you're asking the wrong guy. Right. I, got, I don't t- keep track of the corporate politics and who's going where and what show's going to be on and all that stuff. I thought you are the insider on all I'm this. Not, I am the he least is, inside he, yeah, person. Obviously, he's not. I am the ultimate outsider. <laughs> he turns off his texter at 420 yes, every day. Yes, exactly. <laughs> don't right. hit me up on my texter. Stop texting Mace. All right, Supercross Talk is brought to you by In-N-Out Burger. In-N-Out Burger, that's what a hamburger is all about. Mason and Ireland coming up next.